You've heard this story before. A group of men set out to build a brave new world. A world with new ideals, a world where the old structures of power are destroyed and newer ones, more fair, more transparent, rise from the ashes. A brighter world, a better world. These men dream of being pioneers. They dream of community, belonging, and they are so enchanted by this dream that they fail to see that many of the old vices are quietly creeping in, seeding themselves into the fabric of the new world. Greed, deceit, manipulation, hysteria. Eventually, they live long enough to watch the new world become so much like the old. They watch their heroes fall from grace. They see the weaknesses in the system. They see their brothers exploit them. They watch innocent people suffer. They watch the powerful cause that suffering. And still they continue to believe. This is Cost to Company, a podcast by the Ken about work and workplaces. I'm your host Sneha Vakaria. And this is the story of three young ambitious men. Men with dreams of building a new world. That world is crypto and they have since left it. We asked them how they came to it, what they found there, and most importantly, what it is that they now believe in. So 2010-11 is when uh, I came across this beautiful white paper called Bitcoin. And I was fascinated with what's, what's the, uh, like, what's this all about? It's, it's such an interesting concept. This is Ramalingam Subramaniam, former head of brand at CoinDCX, where he worked till last month. He was a coder as a teenager. And in 2011, he discovered what Bitcoin, a decentralized currency, was and what it could be. Then again, there was very little adoption. Uh, and that's where um, I think that was my first encounter. And after that, I think things fizzled out. So I had to figure something out. Uh, got into traditional jobs because I, I just realized I have, a, uh, I have a graduation degree. I have a CV. I can actually work. He spent the next half decade working for bigger brands, then setting up his own brand consultancy. Uh, that's when uh, I think Sumit reached out to me on LinkedIn. Um, he, he discussed with me that he's looking out for some some kind of help. Uh, honestly, uh, I thought this was a good uh, client pitch. Uh, I would go there, pitch our work and stuff. Sumit is founder and CEO of CoinDCX among India's foremost crypto investment apps. And in 2018, he brought Bitcoin back into Ramalingam's life. Like a high school crash you thought you'd never see again. Uh, next day, I went there. Uh, I think we spent around five hours. Uh, I spoke to Sumit and Neeraj. We spent around five hours till around eight in the night. We were just chatting what all we can do, what are, what are the uh, opportunities and possibilities. Uh, and I think next day, uh, I was pretty much convinced. I uh, became a part of CoinDCX. It was a very small team, very interesting team, uh, working on a problem that I had encountered some eight, nine years back. Uh, and I was surprised to see how big it has become. 
Uh, obviously, I curse myself every day to not doing anything in Bitcoin back in 2010. But uh, it was an amazing thing. And the other- a beautiful white paper from a decade ago was now manifesting as a startup of his dreams. All of those old feelings came right back. I was right. I was convinced that the technology works. I was convinced that uh, see there is a natural progression that is going to happen. Um, if I say that. I was convinced in crypto in the current form. Not, I'm not saying that way. Right? I'm just saying that I know the trajectory. I know how it's going to grow. I was convinced that there's going to be new things that are going to happen in this space. And then the pandemic hit. People were sitting at home wondering where to put their newly disposable income. Markets began to swell globally. Crypto exchanges grew 600% in 2021. The bull market began to create a FOMO for those who weren't investing in crypto. When people on the internet said they didn't believe in crypto or weren't going to invest in crypto, the most common response was have fun staying poor. It was at this time more and more startups emerged in the crypto space. Now you'll hear from someone younger, someone whose earliest career years were the years crypto began going from theoretical to real. and when you are young uh, and you are in b2b sales you are like there is something that needs to be more exciting this is manan amroliwala member of the founding team at pillow another crypto investing startup he began his career by working in a hedge fund then a pe fund and found the traditional finance industry dull rote predictable he had an itch for something more something bigger so i was listening to a chris dixon podcast who was a partner at andreessen horowitz crypto fund and uh, he was asked this question where basically why he was so bullish on crypto and he gave this one answer it's basically the next shift in computing it used to be mainframes personal computers internet mobile cloud and then it's going to be decentralized so that just just like one of that line it stuck me uh, and i couldn't stop thinking about it So I think after that it was just uh, going down a rabbit hole. This road. is the next phase in computing. Yeah, like the next phase in computing. Uh and I don't know, just there was a nerd somewhere inside me and it just felt very uh, fascinating. So then it's a rabbit hole. Uh so I started reading about uh, it got like few books, uh listened to few podcasts. And did it occur to you that a lot of this was PR? Yeah, uh I don't think so. Sometimes we forget how much PR is baked into the name web3 the name given for decentralized solutions either way the next phase in computing called out to something deep inside manan and the rapidly growing crypto market only added tailwind pretty soon manan found himself inside an information vortex a crypto universe with VCs, founders, engineers, authors, Reddit threads and Discord channels, books and podcasts and they were all talking about the next big thing in computing. And before he knew it, he was the first business hire at Pillow. Both Manan and Ramalingam talk about it as enchantment, a romance with infinite possibilities, the thrill of unknowing and watching a new world come into being. They weren't alone. Crypto-based startups began to compete with the best tech businesses for tech talent, and the markets continued to swell. And then 2022 hit, and a number of things happened this year. First, the U.S. raised interest rates. The crypto market crashed. Vulnerabilities were found in a number of crypto exchanges, not just fraud, but spectacular fraud. 
Next, banks in India were tacitly discouraged from connecting with crypto exchanges. You couldn't directly transfer from your UPI, you couldn't use net banking. The crypto industry begged to be regulated by the government, hoping that regulation is legitimacy, hoping that with so many investors, it couldn't outright be banned. Then the Indian government imposed taxes that made it very costly to trade. Pretty soon, exchanges saw swollen rivers dry to a trickle. The CEO of Binance, among the biggest exchanges in the world, said India was no longer a viable market for crypto. Businesses shrank, laid off employees. Many of those employees moved from crypto to elsewhere, not because they were disillusioned with crypto, but because they had to. Okay, okay. Um... So you start working at Coin DCX, and yeah. and you worked with a bunch of startups before. You've had also some years doing more conventional roles in you know more conventional corporates. What do you notice is different? Why is the Web three space, the crypto space, or how is it different from? Um. So. Two parts to it, right? One is the belief in the space, right? So a lot of folks working in Web3, right? They truly believe in the value that it's going to bring in, right? Uh, the possibilities that are out there. Uh, it's like I, I, I probably am not using the right word, but it is more like a religion to them. Right? They are trying to figure out uh, how how Web3 works. They know what all can happen. And they're trying to understand the beast as it unravels itself, right? So there's a lot that is possible. And secondly, there is this entire community feeling, okay? Um, perhaps also because they're all strength, like they're all bonded together because in some way or the other, for a while, uh, they were considered uh, outcast, right? People were not ready to talk to them. People thought that they're doing something mischievous. Uh, they have had to ha bear the brunt of uh, things that have gone wrong in the space, right? Um, like, like something goes wrong with a particular exchange, every exchange is blamed, right? And every exchange is brought, uh, brought to the, brought to the guys uh, and question things, which is fine, right? To be at the forefront, to be a pioneer, it fosters a brotherhood of a distinct kind. A brotherhood born out of setting the bar, holding the bar high, of being outcasts and surrounded by naysayers and disbelievers. And above all else, there's a shared belief. And I used to like address the community with the word believer. It, I, I've written a couple of mails for Coin D6 to the community and I chose the word believers. There will always be people who are believers in this and they will be a small group. Okay. This group will keep on increasing. They will get more people to join them because there is an advocacy that there's an active advocacy being done because the believers truly believe that things are different in their world. But that's the natural course of any space, right? Someone had to teach you or like convince you that use an Uber to book a vehicle, right? So it's not just belief. It's a shared interest in advocacy in bringing in more believers to the belief-based system, in spreading the Lord's word, in saying, have fun staying poor. And from all accounts, the knowledge workers in the industry are very young. We're back to Manan from Pillow. 
like uh, i had a couple of uh, colleagues uh, who are 18 year olds 19 year olds 20 year olds uh just out of uh, college their first job and they knew so much about me like uh, i felt like uh, asking them questions that hey how do you do this how do you do that uh, like can you explain they knew me? so much about what they they knew so much about crypto and the technicalities of it that i ended up asking them uh, and how did they learn from the internet from the internet uh, uh, like they were part of a couple of discord groups some of them worked with a crypto project before so it just ended up uh, you know like this uh, space where again they just know so much more about it than everybody else in this world young people spending time on discord were the ones solving everyone's doubts the ones at the frontiers of knowledge and the web3 industry by most accounts is populated by very young people yeah i think the three co-founders they were fairly in the late 20s early 30s but back then the three of them and me uh, besides the four of us i think everybody was in their early 20s next you'll hear from prajwal prajwal is a product manager in ai who wandered into crypto when coinbase acquired the startup he was working in For 9 months this year and the last he got to see the inside of the crypto industry at the third largest crypto exchange even among the largest exchanges prajwal found that the older more experienced people were only in the marketing and legal teams and in finance growth teams where you're coming up with new products you're coming up with how to scale a product from you know couple of thousand users to say you know millions of users in the next 2 3 years so in spaces like that is where i met a lot of uh, uh super young people and who are like very excited i mean i would say uh freshers from starting from 2021 22 uh some of them whose first jobs or second jobs probably uh, was was coinbase um and two probably 33 right so yeah 32 33 most of the most of the people i met were in this uh, um yeah in this in this age range when i was dealing with teams like that young resilient bonded by the brotherhood of belief it must also be said that the younger we are the more gullible we tend to be even if highly qualified and accomplished more impressionable more vulnerable more prone to belief when the market crashed prajwal was laid off now he works in food tech in germany but we still haven't heard What is it that they in fact believe in? Is it transparency for its own sake? People I've spoken to have said that transparency is very integral to the ethos of a Web three business. Uh, how does that play out? Like, in what ways does it? If you can give me an anecdote, a story, or just a process that is different. That has 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 happened uh, just after I've left. Right, uh, the the entire FTX thing that happened. Uh, resulted into questions by users asking whether okay do you really hold the reserves that like do you really hold the crypto that i bought on your platform and there was this entire war cry about proof of reserves right this is never going to happen in any other industry right largest exchanges including say coin dcx have gone ahead and published their reserve reports and given it open and public for like they were even given their wallet addresses you can go and scrutinize whether the crypto that you purchased really exists or not right and did you buy the like 
it's that's one part of it right it's it's such so abstract you don't really know whether you actually own a genuine bitcoin right but you can actually go and see it on the blockchain i don't think any other industry is going to be so transparent right then i asked prajwal who had been laid off by coinbase about what he thought about day to day transparency in the industry it was pretty much the same i would say right um yeah i mean uh, i did sign an agreement so i can't like reveal a lot of what happened in the company <laughs> there are some tech that you really read about and which is the which forms the basis of these companies all of those tech are super transparent uh, you know there are a lot of resources for that but as a company itself uh, yeah i mean uh, uh, every company just uh, plays it you know close by the chest all the cards are close to the chest right so it's it's kind of like that Finally I asked each of our three guests whether they had any conviction in a specific use case for crypto or even for blockchain for that matter a specific belief that can be brought to fruition in the near future what does a post crypto world look like basically in the 90s there was a fight between uh, open source and your mainstream companies like there was a forward movement around open source and there was apple there was microsoft and they were just labeled as wall gardens and uh, what ended up happening was we got a mix of both uh, like the apple exists microsoft exists but a lot of open source uh, projects that were started in that era linux exists uh, so i kind of in my understanding of all this when i was reading i think i attributed a lot of that like the centralization versus decentralization to open source versus uh, wall gardens Manan's hypothesis is that just like there's open source and proprietary software there will also be decentralized networks and centralized exchanges. But over the course of my interview I don't hear much about what this centralized and decentralized network is supposed to do. Manan has since left the web3 industry and is now building a social startup of his own. Next we hear from Prajwal whose startup was acquired by Coinbase. we have seen multiple depressions happening in the crypto in the fiat industry uh, 1940s was the worst one and uh, right now everywhere the rents are soaring in germany there's a uh, you know climate crisis a lot of uh, currency is being manipulated by countries like russia to summarize there are a lot of issues with the world and how modern economies function and uh, i think your next question will be how does crypto solve uh, many of these issues but uh, it may or may not uh, at least for now but i think i believe like i am still a believer uh, even though i'm out of the system because like uh, i think you give it like at least 40 50 years when the adoption increases millions and billions of people start using it but once again no specific use case only hopes and dreams of evolution belief that like tv and video took time crypto will also take time but take time to do what that's not yet clear now on to ramalingam who fell in love with the beautiful white paper about bitcoin in 2011 if i if i uh, so if i talk about e-commerce in 2007 right it was similar nothing different right but we never thought about it the way it has panned out today internet in 1995 things evolve things change once it starts normalizing things will improve things will change and it's not that today people from other spaces have entered like i know of people working in say uh, some top international exchanges with 20 25 years of experience 
working with um, institutions like FBI and CIA, solving financial crime, trying to figure the same out in the crypto space, working for these larger exchanges. But that's that's a matter of time. Things will change. Just like the internet of today is nothing like the internet of 20 years ago, the crypto of today is unlikely to look like the crypto 20 years from now. I think we are in a much more stable position than what we were back in uh, 1780. Uh, am I saying nothing is going to go further wrong? No, there will be things, people who would have done stuff which is wrong and they would suffer, right? If someone has done something wrong, they would suffer irrespective of which industry you belong to. What has happened is people are right now, the, the, the quality of conversation, the type of conversations have changed dramatically. Earlier, crypto was a taboo, but I think they are more informed, more evolved. Things are improving, evolving, unraveling. But again, when I ask for specific use cases, products, value that warrants this conviction, other than crypto as a pump and dump Ponzi scheme, again, nothing material or substantial comes to my ears. I believe in the the, the thesis uh, about Web3, right? I'm not saying that I believe a particular token or the other token, or I believe crypto is the uh, uh, is going to solve every problem out there in the world. Not really. Uh, I'm a believer in, say, things like democracy. In a similar vein, I'm a believer in Web3 as well. I feel it is one true way in which participative governance uh, facilitated with technology is possible. This example of uh, the basic attention token or BAT, right? If you are on a Brave browser, uh, Brave browser uh, allows you to control how much of your data is sent to advertisers. Uh, and they do that uh, controlling by using a crypto token called BAT. And they have built an economy to ensure you're able to uh, control how much, like how, how your privacy is maintained on a browser, right? Um, so if you want to uh, ensure that if you're spending a couple of hours on the internet, you don't want your uh, data to be uh, shared with an advertiser, you burn, uh, you spend BAT as a token. And at times when you're okay saying, okay, let, I, I'm fine uh, with people advertising and targeting me, showing me personalized content. Uh, if you open that version out, you get paid in back tokens because you're giving your attention away. So crypto works beautifully in this scenario, right? So there has to be use case. Look, maybe I just don't get it because I'm an unbeliever. But what is certain is that even though the three former crypto believers I've interviewed can't direct me to a value that convinces me, all three of them continue to believe even after their exits from the industry. What in is not clear to me, but their enduring belief is. And that's the thing about belief, right? It does move mountains. Patients who believe they will survive a cancer outlive those who don't. Sportsmen and women who believe they can win are much more likely to do so. I would be hesitant to outright dismiss belief as futile. But for now, it seems belief in a belief-based system, dreams of what could be to my disbelieving years, that's all I hear. Even though all three guests have since left the crypto industry, they continue to believe. Incidentally, I asked Ramalingam why he left CoinDCX. Why did you exit? We were having a series of conversation on what next for me, what all I can do further. Uh, and 
I think we were not able to uh, cross paths on what we could do together. Uh, I, secondly, I felt that um, I have a lot to learn, I have a lot to do. Uh, and perhaps uh, if I explore today, uh, if I try to get out and explore, uh, I, I should be able to find some uh, a, a newer path where I, I will actually enjoy. So I, are you going to go back to Web3? Or look, are you looking for marketing roles in the Web3 space or gigs uh, in the Web3 space? So I am, so I'm not going out of Web3. Uh, I'm invested in the space. I would probably want to bring Web3 into more other industries. I still believe in the things Web3 is doing. I'm invested in a lot of uh, these projects and startups. Uh, it's not necessary that I only work in the space to be part of it. I have a lot more other even as the future of crypto hangs in balance, the best and worst thing about belief is just how resilient it can be. This was a podcast from The Ken. This episode of Cost to Company was written, hosted and produced by Sneha Vakaria with audio engineering by Rajiv CN. If you have thoughts, feelings or episode ideas, write to us at podcast at the-ken.com. If you like the podcast and want to know more, follow The Ken Web on Twitter Instagram, and LinkedIn. If there's something interesting going around in your workplace, any trend you've been seeing but nobody else is really talking about, fill in the type form linked in the show notes. It'll take you maximum two minutes. And if we like your idea, we might call you on the podcast as a guest. It's happened in the past too, so please fill in the form. I'm Shrivar, and next week I'll be speaking to you about a cousin of the layoffs, something much more quiet yet more sinister, the hiring freeze and why it may be an opportunity for some. For whom exactly? We'll find out in the next episode. Stay tuned.